What's up, good people? You're now tuned in to Crockpod Conversations with Anthony D. Sparks. This is a place where I talk about issues that are practical, hopefully in a way that's powerful, to try to give you something that's portable. Thanks so much for listening, and please make sure that you subscribe to and share the podcast. And if possible, please give us a rating and a review, because without your five stars, I ain't getting very far. Today is a bit of a bittersweet moment for me in the life of this podcast. Um, It's sweet because, look, I'm excited for reaching my 40th episode. Man, to think that I've done 40 episodes is uh, is pretty mind-blowing. And so I just just thank God for giving me the grace. And uh, shout out to you for giving me the fuel to keep pushing. Um, You listening to and supporting the podcast means so, so much. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Sincerely, thank you. Um, But the reason why it's bitter is that the episode I planned on dropping kind of took a backseat because there's just a lot going on in our country right now that requires me to say something. Now, notice I say requires, and that's exactly what I mean. See, too many of us feel that just because our voice isn't loud enough, which means, you know, our platform is small We think that that means that we don't have anything that's worth hearing. And that's just not the case. Um, I don't have the luxury of sitting on the sidelines or waiting for this to blow over or letting others speak for me when I have the ability to do something and the capacity to speak up for myself. See, I don't want somebody else speaking up for me because while we might agree on, say, three points, we might disagree strongly on another seven points. (laughs) I don't want anybody else speaking for me because they might believe in a strategy that I don't. And I don't want anybody else speaking for me because maybe I don't want to have my identity lost in theirs. This episode is hitting the world on June 1st. And just in the past, you know, three weeks or so, there have been four significant events that have kind of crystallized what it means to be black in America right now. Number one, we learned um, of the murder of Ahmad Arbery. Guy was just simply on a jog, as so many of us do every day. And um, I think as the story goes, he simply was uh, there was a new construction, a new home being built. And he uh, just wanted to, you know, check out the house or you know, maybe walked in there, looked around or, or whatever. Just just looked at the, the building process, something that I've done countless times on a a run or even if I'm driving and I see a new development being built up, I'm going to go look in the house. I just love that process of, you know, seeing a house being built from start to finish. But on his jog and in doing that, he was hunted down and killed by three white men who believed that he fit a description, quote unquote. And so they took it upon themselves to not just call the police, but to kill him when he didn't do what they thought he should do, which was follow their commands. Just basic citizens (laughs) who, you know, who, which one of us are going to follow just a fellow citizen's command to do anything, right? Number two, the murder of Breonna Taylor in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Breonna Taylor was a first responder, you know, people who who we put up on pedestals and we praise these days. She was a first responder who, while asleep in her own bed in the comfort of her own home, she um, 
had plainclothes officers break her door down to search for something that I believe they never even found. And she ended up getting shot seven times. Seven times. Now, the reason being is because her boyfriend, who was there with her, thought someone was breaking into their home. And so he, of course, went into defense mode trying to protect them. Because once again, these cops didn't identify themselves, nor did they have on any uniforms. They were in plain clothes. And so the boyfriend fired his weapon because he thought they were, you know, maybe getting robbed or robbed or something sinister was happening. And as a result, because he fired his weapon, get this, not only was she shot, I think, seven, seven times or so by these officers who were shooting them or shooting at them. But the boyfriend was also arrested for simply doing what any of us would do. And that is trying to protect uh, ourselves and, and our, our loved ones. Number three, the attempted murder of Chris Cooper. And uh, Chris Cooper was the guy in New York who was just simply out on a nature walk, I think bird watching. And uh, he simply asked a woman who just so happened to be white. Um, but he asked the woman if, if she could put her dog on a leash, which is uh, what was the requirement in that part of the park in New York City. That woman told him to his face that not only would she, you know, I guess not do it or whatever, but she also told him that she was going to call the police and tell the police that there is not just a man, but there is an African-American man threatening her life. She did that knowing full well what that would have meant in a time like right now, which is why I say the attempted murder of Chris Cooper. And number four, the murder of George Floyd, who was subdued and held down by, I think, three or four police officers in Minneapolis. One of those officers knelt on George Floyd's neck, had his knee on his neck for nine minutes, depriving this man of oxygen for nine minutes, thus killing him. And as far as we know, I think the, the word is that George Floyd was simply in possession of a bad check. Now, before you think I'm just making big deals out of nothing and trying to play the race card and all that stuff, which anybody who knows me knows that ain't even how I roll. But but just in case you think that contrast the treatment of those four African-Americans with some of the more horrific things we've seen in the past few years from from our white counterparts. And 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 let me say this. There are a few different ones that I can name, but I'm just going to name one because it shocks me still to this day to my core couple years ago, a few years ago, Dylan Roof walked inside the Mother Emanuel AME Church in South Carolina, sat in on Bible study, was made to feel welcomed by the members of the church. And Bible study ends, he gets up point blank, kills nine people. Some of the very same people who were just making sure that this you know, young white guy was okay. He, he, you know, making sure he didn't need anything, making sure he was comfortable in this African-American church. He killed those same people. But here's the kicker. Not only was Dylan Roof arrested alive, but the cops even got him some Burger King to eat on the way to the precinct. Now, look, there's a whole lot happening right now with protesting and rioting and looting. 
especially in places that seemingly have nothing to do with some of the incidents I just mentioned. So let me say this. I get that. I get it. All right. I, I look, I, I get why you would say, why are people protesting in Birmingham and Atlanta and Houston and Los Angeles and Des Moines, Iowa and Seattle, Washington. Why are folks protesting in these places? George Floyd happened in Minneapolis. What are, what, what are people doing? I was one of those folks who felt the same way initially. But then I got to thinking that if protest is only limited to its controlled environment or the environment where the incident happened, nothing is going to change because those outside that environment will carry on with a not in my neighborhood, so it's not my issue kind of mindset. George Floyd can't only be about Minneapolis because the thinking that killed George Floyd exists far beyond Minneapolis. You see, when our president recites racist language in official correspondence by saying things like, um, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, when he refers to, um, protesters vast majority of which are african-american as thugs whereas those who um protested in charlottesville were considered very fine people and those who showed up to state houses with uh, ar-15s and ak-47s he referred to them as uh, or, or said the governor should hear them out when he does stuff like that and for us to know that people we live next to work with and worship with are still going to vote for him in spite of um, not quelling the, 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 I guess the rhetoric or the, or the rioting that's happening, but inciting it. That's disturbing. And let me say this as a quick side note. Looting is happening not simply because people just want free stuff. Now, I'm going to be real. Some folks do. All right. And that's just wrong, unequivocally wrong. But just think about this. When 40 million people are unemployed due to this pandemic that we're also still experiencing and when billionaires are pocketing the vast majority of relief funds, matter of fact, 430 plus billion dollars that billionaires have pocketed in the course of this pandemic. At the same time, 40 million people are unemployed. Some of those people see um, looting as the only opportunity to try to balance out the economic scales. Again, I will never condone destruction at all. I just simply want to give you some perspective. All right. When our vice president says in official correspondence that is vetted, and I'm sure reread multiple times before it, before they hit send on it. But when he says in official correspondence, we condemn violence against property or persons. The order in which those two things are stated, that's disturbing. When Fox News and some of their main anchors blame President Obama, a Christian, a family man, a decent human being, things that we claim mean something in this country. When Fox News anchors blame him for this country's racial tension. And it's still the channel of choice in our gyms and doctor's offices and restaurants. That's disturbing. And when the officer who killed George Floyd is finally arrested, but charged with third degree murder, which is almost akin to accidental murder, which I don't even understand how that's a thing. The fact that people can actually think depriving someone of oxygen for nine minutes is accidental is disturbing.
So just because the murder didn't happen in your city doesn't mean the murder doesn't affect you because you understand the mindset behind the murder still exists in spaces, places, and in people that we're around. So even after all that said, somebody said, yeah, but the looting and the rioting is wrong. This ain't the way, etc." And I said to them, well, you're right, because there's a difference between protesting and looting and rioting. See, protesting is constructive, but looting is destructive. But if we are mad at looters without recognizing and feeling equal anger at what sparked the looting, we're going to keep repeating these same patterns, y'all. So what is it going to take to change things? In my opinion, two big things. Number one, purposeful protest, meaning that we're not burning buildings and beating up innocent people and breaking into stores. No, but purposeful protest means that we inconvenience the status quo. That means we make life as usual, as uncomfortable as we can for those who are just ready to move on and want this whole thing to blow over and get back to living normal life. No, we, we got to make we, we got to make it to where. People understand this is an issue that affects all of us because it affects some of us. And the second thing that it's going to take, and I think this might be the most significant thing, is for our white brothers and sisters who believe that this injustice against African-Americans is actually wrong. We need them to step up and speak out. So let me say this to you. If you are one of my white brothers and sisters listening, let me say this to you. Look, we need each other. All right. And because we do, if if you use your voice at this time to speak up and speak out against injustice, it'll go a long way. Like you can't even imagine the impact that you can have. Now, now, here's the thing. You can't say all lives matter. All right? you, you, you can't say, you know, we got to search our heart and ask ourselves if we have any hidden biases. No, you, you can't say we got to pray for change and you can't say um, that you're very disturbed. No. You got to say something to the effect of the unlawful killing of unarmed black people in America must end. Period. And look, if you saying that, because I know you might be nervous to say that, but if you saying that causes someone to either leave your church or no longer support your brand or uh, break off their friendship with you, my question to you is this. If that's the case. Is that somebody you want to be associated with anyway? Because maybe they'll be doing you a favor by getting their hate out of your space. Look, this is an uncomfortable time full of uncomfortable solutions to uncomfortable issues. And honestly, I don't want, though, for this moment to pass by too quickly because we need to take a long, hard look in the mirror at who we are right now. This did not have to happen with Ahmaud Arbery, with uh, George Floyd, with Breonna Taylor, with Chris Cooper, and so many others. This stuff didn't have to happen, but just think. When we peacefully kneeled before an NFL game, it was villainized. The President of the United States called the players who kneeled sons of bitches. And the Vice President flew to the game, to an NFL game, on taxpayer dollars and had the intention that as soon as somebody protested by kneeling, he was going to make a show or make a scene by getting up and leaving. And sure enough, it happened. 
And by him doing that, he sent a message that their peaceful protest, the things that make America America, did not deserve to be respected. Vice President Pence could have done an amazing work by sitting in those stands and honoring or acknowledging those players' protests. When we peacefully pull out a phone or a camera to document injustice, we're threatened or arrested. When we peacefully carry our licensed concealed weapon, we're shot in the car where our baby witnesses everything from the back seat. And for those who love to use Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and his approach and his speeches and his demeanor as the standard bearer, never mind the fact that Dr. King uh, could get with some folks. Dr. King had a lot of speeches that we don't quote that 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 would have really, really, really resonated with what's going on today. But for those who want to use only the flowery parts of Dr. King, well, guess what? When Dr. King peacefully marched, he was still assassinated. So, look, I, I understand why there are protests all across the country beyond Minneapolis, because even though the killing of George Floyd didn't happen in my city, the location it, that isn't the issue. The issue is that the mindset that my skin can be my sin exists in every corner of this country. Look, trust me, I know that I'm just an unknown dude with a podcast. That's almost like saying I'm a man in America named Anthony, right? There's it's tons of us out there. Right? Who cares? Big whoop. You got a podcast. whoop to do So do a million other people. I, I get that. But here's the thing. Just because I might not have the reach does not mean I should silence my speech. Just because I don't have the biggest platform doesn't mean I still don't have an important purpose. If we only wait on people who have platforms, if we only wait on them to speak up, we're going to be waiting forever because sometimes the only way that those people got their platforms was by never saying or doing anything that offended anybody. So I want to encourage you right now. If you're listening to this, use your voice. All right. Don't hide behind the veil of, well, you know, I work in this place or, well, I don't have all the facts yet. No, it, it, it's time out for that kind of spineless rhetoric. Wrong is wrong, period. And if we cannot come together, white, black, Latino, Asian, Native American, etc. If we cannot come together on the issues that are easy, that are layups, that are slam dunks, that are uh, four inch puts. If we can't come together on these things, then the ones that are hard will continue to destroy us. My voice might be small, but at least I'm adding it to the list of those who believe that enough is enough. The God I serve, the Jesus I believe in, the Holy Spirit I'm led by is not happy with us being silent in the face of horrific wrong. I'm speaking up in my way. What about you?